You're listening to In Her Voice, a podcast brought to you by Women in Hollywood. I'm your host, Melissa Silverstein, and this podcast is dedicated to supporting and amplifying the voices of women who work in the global entertainment business. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Welcome to the first news segment of In Her Voice. If you know me, you know that you're going to get feminist and inclusive news and nothing about UFC or anything else about wrestling, which seems to be the current obsession of people, aka the powerful white boys in Hollywood. I am a no bullshit kind of person. I tell it like it is, and I will call out what needs to be called out. In this week's box office news, the focus is on the massive opening weekend haul of the Super Mario Brothers film that took down Frozen 2 for the top opening weekend record for an animated film. $377 million through Sunday. This film clearly worked across generations. It will surprise no one that now we will be getting more gaming movies in the future. I weirdly wanted to see the Dungeons and Dragons movie because I heard it was funny and it had Chris Pine. It was not funny, it was not good, and I had a good nap. These gaming movies are clearly not for me. The Writers Guild has called for a strike authorization. They are in negotiations now with the studios and are fighting for better compensation in this new streaming world. This is mostly focused on TV writers. As you might know, writers' rooms for TV shows used to be basically a full year of work when network TV produced about 22 episodes a year. On another note, do you all remember when there was network TV? I can't even remember what network anything is on, where to find it, because I don't watch anything in real time anymore. I literally have to keep a sheet of paper to help me figure out what to watch where. As we all know from watching content on the streaming, the seasons are 10 episodes at most. So that means less work and less money. There is also a new concept called mini rooms where writers write a whole season in advance. So in order to get a salary that covers a year, writers need to try to get jobs on two or three shows which is pretty much impossible. This is an existential battle with an industry that seems to not remember that without the writer, they have nothing. This is the biggest story of the spring and we will be monitoring this closely. There is some Star Wars news from a big fan event in London last week. I admit I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm no expert. So have a little grace, all you Star Wars nerds out there if I get anything wrong. There's a new TV show called The Acolyte, which is created by Russian Doll co-creator Leslie Headland. She said the pitch for the series was Frozen meets Kill Bill. Sounds pretty good. She said that the show isn't about good or bad. It's about power and who is allowed to use it. Seems that there will be some women-wielding power in this series because it stars Amanda Stenberg, Daphne Keene, Jodie Turner-Smith, and Carrie Ann Moss. Looking forward to this one. Another woman-centric Star Wars series, Ahsoka, 
stars Rosario Dawson, and this is going to premiere in August. And the big news is the return of Daisy Ridley as Rey in a new Jedi-centered film that will take place at least a decade after the rise of Skywalker as Rey building new Jedi Order. The news here is Sharmin Obed Chinoy is directing, and she is the first woman and the first person of color to direct a Star Wars movie. About fucking time. Another issue that I'm monitoring is that the Academy Board of Governors is supposedly going to vote on a plan this month requiring that in order for films to be eligible for an Oscar, they will have to be released in 15 or 20 of the top 50 markets in the U.S. While this will clearly benefit theaters, this will adversely affect films by women and people of color. This is going to be a big problem. Think about it. Films used to do in L.A. or New York for a week, certain amount of screenings, and they qualified. The amount of money that will be needed to get a film into 15 or 20 markets, it's going to leave a lot of films out. I call bullshit on this. UCLA's 2023 Hollywood Diversity Report, which looks at both theatrical and streaming films released in 2022, found that women were still trailing behind men, surprise, with regards to representation in theatrical films, 39% as lead actors, 27% as writers, 15% as directors. But in better news, lead roles for women in streaming films were about half, 49%. Still a lot of work to do. Here's some news from Cannes, which will be dominated international film coverage over the next month. The opening film was announced, and shocker, it's directed by a woman, Mei Wen. The film, Jin de Barre, is the historical drama on the life, rise, and fall of King Louis XV's favorite lover, and it will be played by Mei Wen. King Louis XV will be played by alleged wife abuser, Johnny Depp. It looks like Thierry Fermeau, the Cannes General Delegate and Lord of the Red Carpet, will get his stars as the new Indiana Jones film and the latest Martin Scorsese film starring Leonardo DiCaprio will also be at the festival. I really wish that these festivals would get over their obsession with red carpets and celebrities. It is exhausting. Other Cannes news is that Oscar winner Michelle Yeoh will be the honoree for this year's Caring Women in Motion Award. In this week's deal news, all-around perfect person Lizzo has renewed her deal with Amazon following the success of Watch Out for the Big Girls, which is coming back for a second season. Couldn't love her more. Another announcement is that basketball great Brittany Griner signed a deal with Knopf to tell the story of her detention in Russia. It will also focus on the reason why she was in Russia in the first place, the fact that professional women basketball players are paid so little that they have to supplement their incomes from the WNBA playing abroad. Here's a bit of trailer news. One of the most anticipated movies of the summer, Barbie, co-written and directed by Greta Gerwig, dropped its trailer last week and it clearly touched a nerve with people across the world because everybody has been creating their own Barbie selfies. Margot Robbie stars as Barbie and Ryan Gosling, who said Barbie was one of the best scripts he has ever read, is Ken. Leave it to Gerwig to redeem the toy that has been the nemesis to feminists everywhere. This one has my attention. 
Another one that's got my attention is The Marvels, which just dropped its trailer. It's got three female superheroes, two women of color superheroes. It's directed by Nia DaCosta, and she is the first black woman hired by Marvel. Not only will this be awesome, it will break a lot of records. I wanted to share with you a couple of quotes this week. The first one goes to Barbie Ferreira, an actress from Euphoria, which is a show I am way too old to watch. Ferreira, who played Cat, exited the show after the second season. She basically said that the show wouldn't be able to give her character a future good arc, and it was mutually agreed that she should depart. She said, quote, I really wanted to be able to not be the fat best friend. I don't want to play that, and I think they didn't want that either. I say good for her. Actress Heather Graham is also now focusing on her writing, and she recently spoke out on Hollywood sexism. She said, quote, I feel like nothing has changed drastically. More people care, but it's not suddenly equal. It's still pretty sexist, to be honest. Every phase of the business, whether it's financing, distribution, the reviewers, all those are mostly men. To get a female-driven story that is appealing mostly to women through all these levels of male-dominated business, it's not that easy. Totally agree with her. The good news is that she is producing TV series Hypnosis Love Story, and she is the writer, director, and star of Chosen Family. Lastly, here's a quote that no woman filmmaker could ever say. This is from Ari Aster at the LA premiere of his new film, Bo is Afraid. This comes from a variety piece. He said, quote, thank you for coming. I'm very proud of this film. I still can't quite believe I was given the resources and freedom to make it in the way that we did. And the credit is very much due to A24 for being stupid enough to give me that, close quote. Imagine having the privilege and hubris to say that. That's all for now. If I got anything wrong, please let me know. And if you have something you think should be covered on our news segment, please send it to melissa at womeninhollywood.com. If you want to know what content buying about women is opening or streaming, sign up for our newsletter at womeninhollywood.com. Until next time. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to share it with a friend or better yet, follow us on Spotify and give us five stars or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Spreading the word really helps us reach as many people as possible. You can also subscribe to the Substack for the Women in Hollywood weekly newsletter of all content buying about women that is opening and streaming. You can sign up directly at womenandhollywood.com. In Her Voice is produced by Leonie Marsh. This is a Women in Hollywood Productions podcast. I'm Melissa Silverstein. Until next time, goodbye.